Hey, what's up? It's Alex. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Sometimes you gotta go back and go forwards. But sometimes you don't have to go anywhere at all. Instacart makes it so you can order your groceries, pet food, and more from home. So you can do what you need to do. Whether it's praying to the Lord or playing with your willy. Whatever suits you best. So what are you waiting for? It's time to transcend your physical form. Follow the link in the show notes and create your account. And start feeling alright, alright, alright. Shopping. Instacart. Just do it, man. Coming to you live from my apartment. This is the short news with Alex Mador. Good morning. What is up and welcome to the Short News Podcast. It's Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. Yeah, we're in September now. Holy shit, right? Like, wow. School year is starting. I'm back in classes. I'm back in the city, by the way. So that's good, right? I feel a little bit more at home. I was able to get beer. I was able to get Taco Bell too. Yo, Taco Bell is my new addiction. It's a big problem. And what do I get? I get two cheesy gordita crunches. I get two soft shell tacos. Not like the Supreme, just the regular. And uh, then I get the like a large Mountain Dew Baja Blast. And that's... That's that. That's my Taco Bell order right there. And it's absolutely delicious. I I love it very much. And so shout out to Taco Bell for helping me with my appetite. Very much appreciated. There's the acid reflux. God damn. But um, yeah, while I was away, I, I was dealing with some shit. I'll, I'll admit, I was, and you probably saw, I, I just started talking a lot of, a lot of shit, you know, on, on Twitter, just like real specific stuff about my past, and trying to hold people accountable, and I, um, I, I deleted the tweets, because yeah, I want to talk about it here with a, uh, screwed on tight enough head, and not when I'm off my rocker. And realizing things from the past and what happened, and I, I'll, I'll clear it up. I will. And but let's let's see what what is going on in the world, because it feels like every day, shit's only getting worse. So let's go into it. So I guess the um the first thing we can talk about is I guess Sarah Huckabee Sanders has a book that's either coming out or it's come out. And in one chapter, she talks about how um, North Korean leader and chunky boy of the year, Kim Jong-un, apparently winked at Sarah Sanders. And uh, after that, (laughs) Trump, uh, Trump told her to take one for the team. What does he say? Well, Sarah, that settles it. You're going to North Korea and taking one for the team. 
Your husband and kids will miss you, but you'll be a hero to your country. That sounds so like him. Oh, jeez. That's so gross. Like, obviously he was kidding, but that's just so, like, why? Why did you have to say that? You know, most people would be like, ew, that's gross. I'm so sorry that, that he did that to you. But no, Trump's like, come on, you got it. You got to Use your body to advance us politically, because that's all you're good for. Like, dude, come on. Every day there's something. And there was a press conference um, a couple days ago. I don't know, what did he say during that? Oh, wait, yesterday, Trump on violence across the U.S. The media is what's fueling it. Okay. Commissioner of Big Ten football, Kevin Warren. And I think it was very productive about getting Big Ten playing again and immediately. And uh, let's see what happens. That's the priority right now is football. I, I love that. I love how, like, the world is crumbling and the economy's in ruins and there's a huge virus that's still going on, by the way. Like, it's still a problem. And they're just ignoring it. Um, but no, this dude <clears throat> who happens to be the president of our United States is more focused on football. Opening football. I need a Taco Bell, dude. Fuck. It's a great guy. It's a, uh, it's a great conference. Tremendous teams. And we're pushing very hard. I think the biggest headwind we have is that you have uh, Democrats that don't want to see it happen. But I think they want to play and the fans want to... Democrats don't want football. <laughs> Democrats are trying to cancel football. Is that what you want? Here, I cannot believe this is the world that we're living see in. It and the players have a lot at stake, including possibly playing in the NFL. You have a lot of great players in that conference. So we had a very good conversation, very productive. And maybe we'll be very nicely surprised. They had it closed up. And I think they'd like to see it open, along with a lot of other football that's being played right now. Alright, if you're gonna do this shit with football, can you at least sign an executive order that brings Tom Brady back to the Patriots? Because that shit was traitorous. That was treason, dude. Come on. That's some... That's some fucking... Uh, what, what would you call that? Other than treason. Yeah, he's a, um, he's a deserter. And you know what they do to deserters in the army? You don't want to know what they do. No, it's, it's, they, they, I'm pretty sure they kill him. That's what my, my social studies teacher in, uh, what was it, eighth grade told us? At, at least he was like, yeah, you know, you know what they do to deserters in the, in the army, Mr. Mador? And I was like, oh, Mr. Mador, Mr. Mador? firing squad and they deserve it and it's like oh well you know what if they were scared going into the line of fire and being shot at i think people react differently to that if you have a death wish then you're probably going to be fine but i <laughs> you shouldn't even talk about that people gonna be you're sympathizing with the deserters you are anti-American. Oh, yeah. So, thank you very much, and thank you to Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Say it. With the family of Jacob Blake. I don't know yet. Uh, we'll see. We'll be making that determination. I don't know yet. Oh, uh, <laughs> we're gonna open up football. That's my biggest priority right now. Will you meet with the family of the man who was shot and paralyzed by being shot seven times from point blank? And un un like like wrongfully so and not unwrongfully, wrongfully so and and he's like nah, nah, think about it maybe we'll see, but we're definitely gonna deal with football. Mr. President, can you tell us more about this plot that you were referring to on Fox News last night? Which this plot of people gathering on a plane. Uh, in here, yeah, I could tell you that uh, I could probably refer you to the person and they could do it. I'd like to ask that person if it was okay, but a person was on a plane, uh, said that there were about six people like that person, more or less, 
And uh, what happened is the entire plane filled up with the looters, the anarchists, the rioters, people that obviously were looking for trouble. And the person felt very uncomfortable in the plane. This would be a person you know. So I will see whether or not I can get that person. I'll let them know and I'll see whether or not I can get that person to speak to you. But this was a firsthand account of a plane going from Washington to wherever. And I'll see if I can get that information for you. What is going on with the plane? The plane, the plane. So as the death toll climbed to 185,000 this week, Trump commandeered multiple news cycles by spreading unfounded conspiracy theories and shooting down internet gossip about his own health. No, he definitely had a stroke and he's hiding it. Dude eats KFC every day. That's the path I'm going down if I keep eating Taco Bell. It's just, like, bound to happen. So, let's see. Where's this plane thing? Well, he's been talking about QAnon shit. Um, where's the fucking plane? Alright, so after doing some research, it appears to be another Trump conspiracy. In an interview with Laura Ingram, Trump claimed that we had somebody get on a plane from a certain city this weekend. And in the plane, it was almost completely loaded with thugs wearing dark uniforms, black uniforms, with gear and this and that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had gear on a plane. They brought, they brought riot gear onto a plane. It was their, it was their, what, um, what do they call that? Not checked bag. What's the other? It was their carry-on. They brought weapons on as carry-ons on a commercial flight. I don't fucking think so. There was no evidence that this flight even existed. And when Ingram, Laura Ingram, who we hate at the short news, asked for more info, the president was like, I'll tell you sometime, which he does all the time. When are we getting the tax returns? Oh, you'll see. You'll see at some point. Yeah, they're, they're just being audited. It's been like four years. It doesn't take that long for shit to be audited. It doesn't take a genius to know something's up. Uniformed men who boarded the plane. People that are in the dark shadows. And people that you haven't heard of controlling Democratic nominee Joe Biden. Okay, yeah. As much as Biden is a political puppet, dude, you're a rogue puppet. You got these Republicans up your ass telling you shit to further their platform that you don't even agree with. You just you just listen and do it. As long as you can get your your personal gain or whatever you're Fuck man. Plane loaded with thugs. That's that's hilarious. Maybe they'll speak to you, maybe they won't. Sir, are, you, are you concerned at all by the, the armed militias on the streets? Are they worried or are they to be uh, I think a lot of people are looking at what's happening to these Democrat-run cities and they're disgusted. They see what... Okay, um, I want to see this Ingram interview. Here's like a seven-minute bit of it. Now Joe Biden has just put out a commercial trying to turn the tables on you on the question of football. Let's watch it. Good weather by opening day standard. We're going to be in the 60s. Enjoy the game. And now, to honor America, please join in the singing of our national anthem. Trump put America on the side. Why is football Let's get so back important, into the game. especially for the... the wait, wait, so is Biden making football a political thing too, though? Like, uh, fucking... The, the Big Ten, all these moms, players want them to play, and then they're not able to play. Are they safer playing than not? It shows you the lie of the Democrats. I'm the one that says play football. I said they're young, strong people. They're not going to have a problem with COVID or the China virus. Unless they catch it. So whatever you want to call it. I'm the my, one... My dad called it the China virus yesterday, and I almost fucking punched him. On and they didn't like my narrative, so they just made up a narrative. Because if you look, Michigan is closed. Or okay, let, let me get back into it. Carolina is closed. 
these states that are closed are run by Democrats. And the reason they're closed is because we have an election on November. No, the reason is the reason they're closed is because we're in the middle of a pandemic like nobody has seen before since the 1920s. And even back in the 20s, they wore masks and it wasn't a political thing. Just saying. The third. And they don't want the opening of the states and they don't want the income. They want to keep it nice and closed. But you take a look at what the states that are closed. It's terrible what they've done. And those people, and you know, you discuss it a lot. So do I. There's a lot of death, depression, uh, drug addiction on the other side. When you keep it closed, I think you're losing more people than it's terrible what you're doing to people than when you open it. So I'm the football guy. I'm the one that wants to have football. I put it out all the time. I'm very upset with Big Ten. Big Ten, they should have opened it. But I'm the one that wants the football. Everybody knows it. They saw that, and they said Trump didn't. These people just, you know, they have they players lie. suing now to play, and Good. their parents Good. are really upset. Michigan Good. State, Penn State, Minnesota, well, look Ohio at State. Look they at, could have been the national champions this year, Ohio State. Absolutely, and there are a number of them in that category. But look at Pennsylvania. You have a, a Democrat governor. You have a Democrat in North Carolina. You have a Democrat in Michigan. They're all Democrats. Those are the states. And I do believe the governors are telling those colleges, we don't want it. Yeah, that's We're an important point for Americans to understand. You think that the governors sure. are, are putting their foot down saying, uh-uh-uh, the SEC, oh. they're going to try to play. They, you know, ACC is playing. No way. Uh, and you governor think it's political, Mr. President? Is this political? The governor of Pennsylvania, the governor of Michigan, the governor of North Carolina. The governor of North Carolina, the governor of Michigan. The governor, he's on something. He's either on something or demented or both. Okay? They control those teams directly or indirectly because they have to, you know, so much money, so much aid, so many other things, including traffic signs and everything else that they have to give. Uh, those governors control those schools. That's all done by Democrats. But just to show you how, how they lie and how they cheat, and the biggest problem you have, I want football back, by the way. Are you watching? I want football. Okay. Joe Biden. Are you watching? He looks at the camera. I want football. Wow. Wow. Talks to the people. Donald Trump. Wow. What a, what a great guy. He's the football guy. Did you hear that, everyone? There's a there's a pandemic. One hundred eighty five thousand people have died in our country, but football, football. You know that sport where grown men get paid millions of dollars to ram into each other and experience the concussions that equal like thirty car accidents. You know that sport. You know football. All the all the dudes that get paid three million dollars a year and go home and beat their wives. So much so that they had to release PSAs about it to tell people to stop beating their wives. And it's like, you guys were the ones doing it. Why are you telling us? Bill Burr had a bit about that. You're the ones beating your wives and getting paid $3 million plus to fucking do it and fucking beat each other up over a leather ball. And, and now this is a political issue. Like, Football is the most important thing. We have to open football. We, we football needs to be open. Why? So the the sale of fucking potato chips and salsa and queso can 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 skyrocket again. I don't give a fuck about football, and most of most people I know don't think football should be a thing anymore. So. Chew on that, bitch. He doesn't even know football. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Look, he doesn't Joe, even know what a touchdown is. Joe Biden. He, this has no relevance in politics, but Joe Biden, I bet he doesn't even know Tom Brady's stats. Joe doesn't know he's alive, but let's see how it all turns out, okay? He doesn't let's know he's alive. It oh, okay. It's a very sad thing. I will say this. We have tremendous potential. We closed it up. We're opening it up. We're doing record numbers, as you saw, over 9 million people employed now over the last three months. It's a record in the history of our country. We have a chance of having one of the best years we've ever had next year. Unless somebody comes in and wants to raise your taxes, 
put back on regulations. You know, I'm not sure. I gave the biggest tax decrease in the history of our country, and we're going down lower. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure. I think that the regulation cuts that I did, which were the biggest in the history of our country, might have been even more important than the tax cuts. You said regulation cuts aren't good, by the way. Regulation cuts mean... Obviously mean things aren't regulated. You know, when there weren't regulations back in the, uh, what is it, the early 1900s? Have you guys ever read Up Upton Sinclair's The Jungle about the meatpacking industry and how there were no regulations in, in the meatpacking companies and factories so that, like, when somebody fell into the grinder and was ground up with the meat, they still packaged that shit and sold it. So people were eating... What, like ground beef mixed with human? Mixed with human. Is that the world you want to live in? That that seems kind of scary to me. I like knowing my bacon is actually bacon and not like Jim, Jim Bob from down the street. That Joe Biden uh, is China's candidate to win. They want him badly. But you said, well, at your RNC speech, you said, well, I know that, but I'm not going to tell you why. Without compromising national security. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, number one, uh, you look at his son walking away with a billion and a half dollars. Joe is, is, he doesn't even criticize China. I've never heard him even criticize China. He was the one that said, oh, China's wonderful. China's this, China's that. China's not the enemy. They're not the problem. I've taken billions and billions, tens of billions of dollars out of China. Oh, he's taking the tariffs off, that's for sure. China, oh, the tariffs are going to come off. We're taking in billions of dollars on tariffs. That would destroy us because it gives them such an unfair competitive advantage. No, we're taking in billions. They don't want me. I get along very well with President Xi, although I must tell you, since the COVID situation, I have not exactly been talking to him too much. Could you make them pay? For that. Well, we, they are paying a lot now. But how could they pay specifically uh, be honest, for COVID? What they've done to us in terms of the death of people. Okay, what, what is going on with all of these angry white men blaming China? If the virus started here in the U.S., would you want the Chinese being like, oh, those stupid Americans? Sorry, that wasn't a good Asian accent. I should be better at that, being Asian. You want them to be, oh, these stupid, stupid Americans made this virus and gave it to us now we need to blame america constantly any white man we see is just like toxic doesn't it probably wouldn't feel good right and of course americans or white people always not just americans white people look at hitler and all that shit like find a minority group or like a like some non-white group and then blame them for a problem that they couldn't combat. So, it's just absolute bullshit. Man, like, I don't blame... If you're going to blame the Chinese government for not doing enough, okay, but you also have to factor in that, like, Donald Trump was saying that the virus was an impeachment hoax and they weren't addressing the issue properly, and there's possibility that the virus was in the U.S. as early as November. So this is like, it wasn't a new issue, and he treated it like it was fake. And then when it came, and it was, and he finally treated it real, like months later, he puts the blame on China, on the Chinese. It's like, dude, you are to blame for at least 60% of the problem here in America. But you never take responsibility, right? That's not your style. Never has been, never will. You ask him why his companies failed, he'll probably blame, like, probably blame China. Well, and I'm not talking about just us, I'm talking about the world. You can never pay for that. What they've done to this country, what they've done to the world, you can never, just in terms of death, economically, at some point, maybe you can catch up, but you're talking about a lot of good trade deals. I made an unbelievable trade deal. They, and frankly, they ordered more corn last week than any time at any time in the history of this country. Are they taking advantage of this pandemic with what they've done to Hong Kong 
what they're trying to do in the Philippines, maybe choking off some of the South China well, Sea? Are all, they taking I, advantage I think of it? That, I think that they're hurt much worse than people think. They're having a very hard time in China. China is going very bad inside. The real numbers. They're manufacturing very they bad say, inside. It's gotten back to par. It's not. And they're doing China's it. going very bad inside. They, they needed Tums. They, they had some bad, some bad hombre Mexican food. It was, it was no bueno. And now they're feeling pretty bad inside. Very poorly. China's doing very poorly. And they lost tens of thousands of people. They lost more than any other country. They just don't report it. You know, How do you we know that? everything. And by the way. How do you know that? And then he's fucking. <laughs> How do you know that? And then he like just steamrolls over the question. Does he answer it? Let's find out. Statistic come out the other day talking about only 6% of the people actually died from COVID, which is a very interest that they die for, uh, from Well, they had reasons. comorbidities, which you've gotten criticized for because there are comorbidities, as the Italians yeah. showed, for every COVID death, I think it was 70-something percent, yeah. had two or three comorbidities. But the COVID might ultimately have been the key morbidity to hit them, it, but it could bottom be. line. But it's, it's an interesting statistic. Mr. President, you still having fun doing this? I'm job? having a good time because we're doing a job like just about nobody else has ever done. And, and I said it before, I'll say it again. And nobody even challenges me on it. I, this administration, despite all of the fake uh, Russia, 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 and hoaxes and impeachments, we've done more in this administration than any president in the history of our country. If you look at our militaries rebuilt, if you look at choice for the vets, and if you look at accountability for the vets, and I protected the Second Amendment, which, by the way, if they got in, your Second Amendment is gone. Your taxes are tripled. Your Second Amendment is gone. Your religious liberty, forget it. They're keeping the churches closed on purpose. You have churches that still aren't open, but you're they're, they're closing the churches on purpose. Forget the idea that there's a there's a hyper contagious pandemic that could be spread by through the through the saliva and air, through like people being super close together, praying and speaking in tongues together, spraying each other with their own spit and germs. But no, forget about that. They're keeping the churches closed for their own agenda, not because science says it's best. Don't trust those Democrats. You're allowed to go to a casino. It's a terrible thing that's happening. Because a lot of people don't know how funny you are, but you're one of the funnier people that I know. But you're also in a very serious time. So this is a very serious. This isn't time for games. And you yeah. know, if people say, "Gee, he's come comes across as a little bit rough or a little bit direct," I don't have time not to be. I really don't have much time not to be. We have to get things done, and we're getting them done like no president has ever, despite the obstruction, because they are obstructors. Despite the tremendous obstruction. We're getting them done like nobody's ever done before, and that makes me happy. Mr. President, it's always great to see you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you very tonight. much, Laura. Good God. Oh, we're fucked. We're absolutely fucked. So he cares more about football than anything else. That's what I'm getting from this. Um, <laughs> and holy shit, that's, that's eye-opening. Now I see where my dad is getting all his ridiculously extreme talking points from. And I can't get over it. Like the anti-Chinese sentiment that he's spreading. Like there's a lot of people that take that a certain literal way. And there's a lot of hate being spread in this country right now. And I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan at all. So they're going to open football. Football, yeah. You know how many people have died from football? All the retired NFL players that have gotten, what is it, like, post-concussive, what, what is it called? Oh yeah, CTE. That's what my doctor warned me that I could get. Because I've had, I've had like four, con four or five concussions in my life, and it's not good. It's really not good. Fuck, man. I, um... Oh. I don't know what to make of, of our our world right now. It's really not in good shape. I feel like I'm being told bullshit all over the place. And there's, like, not, there's nothing I can do about it. 
it's very frustrating. And I hope that we can vote this dude out. Because he's focusing on the wrong shit. Like, you see it. You definitely see it. He's out there. What does football have anything to do with solving this virus? Are we just going to act like it doesn't exist? Because then more people are going to get hurt. If we just, like, acting like things exist, like, acting like things don't exist, denial just makes the problem even worse. That's what we're doing. We're just letting it grow, letting it spread. What? So you open up the churches, and then more people get sick. And then what? You open up the schools. Schools are opening in, like, a, like a week or two or whatever. I know they, they delayed it here in New York, but... Shit's still going to happen. Shit's still going to spread. You think kids are going to follow the rules of wearing their masks all the time? No. Like, it's in a hot, stuffy room. They're going to be uncomfortable. They're not going to follow the rules. No fucking shit. There's going to be problems. They're not ready. They're not prepared for this. Their rooms in the in the schools are not properly ventilated. This shit isn't going to go well at all. And the Republicans want to act like, oh, the Democrats are keeping keeping this country shut down. No, you guys are keeping this country shut down. You guys caused this country to be shut down. We're just keeping it this way because we like it's what we have to do to to prevent the problem that you guys have created from spreading anymore. Stop blaming China and get to work here. If you're really America first. Stop putting the blame on China and figure out how to solve the problem here. It's very simple. Tell people to wear masks. Keep shit closed. Understand that this is not something that we can just ignore. I don't know why that has to be such a political thing when science literally tells us, hey, this virus is still here. It's still a problem. We still need to worry about People, like, fucking dying or being put on ventilators because of it. Stop denying it. Oh, my God. I I think it's really important that the people in charge <laughs> stop pretending that there is no virus. Because it's, it's very real. 185,000 plus people? Come on. And and there's the argument, oh, people die from car accidents and cancer and all kinds of things every day. Yeah, but we know how to prevent those things. We know how to combat those things. With this, with coronavirus, we know next to nothing about it. So why would we just do nothing? That's such an asinine way of, of dealing with this. I don't know. Like, am I, I feel crazy sometimes because I'm treating it urgently. But, like, some people in my family are just like, oh, it's, it, things need to open up. The economy is more important. It's like, but do you, so you want people to die when they could not? It's like the same, like those same people would not be willing to do the jobs of the essential workers that or of the workers that they're saying need to go back to work. They wouldn't do it. If you told them, okay, you go, you go in and do that job. You go teach in a stuffy classroom. No, I wouldn't do that. Like, why? Because it's unsafe. Oh, yeah. Idiot. So, yeah, that's the. The COVID government short news update right there. We don't have to talk about news anymore. Um, man, I've I just been, like, mental health-wise, we've been really on a kick talking about that stuff lately, and I think I want to keep on that, on that route just because it's not only helping me, but I think it's helping other people. So I, I really, I like that. 
I think it's something that needs to be discussed. And, you know, all the podcasts I listen to talk about like funny shit. And I just, I need, I need to have this conversation, I think, for my own benefit too. Because like, over the weekend, I was thinking about some stuff about a story that I've told in the past and how certain things didn't make sense, certain feelings and certain things that I saw and felt and whatever, like what was going on. And, and I, I realized a lot of things and it fucked me up all weekend, all week, actually. I've been like, I've been so angry. I've been so distraught and just, just this rage that I, I've never felt before in my life. And trust me, I, I've been angry. I have a lot to be angry about. I do. But this rage is so different. This is like a feeling like I could kill. And it's, I don't know, like people I've spoken to say it's justified. And I'm not going to act on it, obviously. Like, I, I, I enjoy life now. I, I wouldn't. But like, it's one of those things that like, you want to hurt the people involved really bad. Like, that's how angry. So, I mean, I could just tell you guys about it. Because we got to expose this shitty ass fraternity anyways. One second, there's the cops coming. They heard me. Okay, finally, the uh, sirens are gone. Um, where do I start? So I, you know, to to preface this story, I guess trigger warning. Um, trigger warning: sexual assault. Um, I I went to a small liberal arts college called Union College. It's in Schenectady, New York, upstate New York. And I, I cannot stress enough to people not to go there. It is the most toxic community that you will ever live in. It's predatory. It's crooked. It's a bunch of stuck-up, rich white kids that think they can do whatever they want. And it's fucked up. And Greek life is a very big thing there. They were, I think, like the first college to ever have fraternities. And that's one of their big bragging points when you go on tour there. Oh, yeah, we have the first fraternity row. You come here and get fucking assaulted. And like the, the fraternities, there's this culture there where they they treat women like sex objects i mean what do you expect it's a fraternity that's like kind of what they're known for but when you show up to a party or an event that they run you would have to show up with with girls you have to bring like a certain number of girls to like your guy ratio usually more girls than guys, otherwise they won't let you in, because they need people to prey on, you know? Um, and that, that's just how they do it. And it, I've, I've had to get people out of multiple uncomfortable, sketchy situations at frat party, parties, and I, um... Yeah, man, I just don't, like, I think they need to be shut down. I really do. So anyways, I've told this story in a certain light before, but after some further realizations and repressed memories coming back up and some very sobering memories, yeah, um, I, I, I gotta tell it again. And I got to tell it the right way. So I was a freshman the year of 2014, 2015. And this specific thing 
happened, I think, in, like, February of 2015. So, like, either the end of winter term or the beginning of spring term. I No, like, end of winter term. It doesn't fucking matter. Okay. So, I was going through a really rough time already. If you guys have listened to the podcast from the beginning, you know, there was this time where I was, like, drugged to the point of overdose. Pretty much died. And these kids took my money, and it was just a really bad, bad situation. So after that, I was pretty traumatized from substances. I I didn't want to do them anymore. I decided I was going to just go clean, except for drinking. Because, you know, everybody drinks at college. I, I can't get away from that. I wasn't really a heavy drinker at the time. I have a I have a very sensitive tummy, you know? <laughs> I have a very sensitive stomach, and I, um, so, so I can't really drink a lot of liquor, and I wasn't really a big fan of beer at the time, because I didn't see a point to drinking such a large volume for such a small amount of alcohol. I was more of a shots person, even though it would make me puke. I know, what the hell are you thinking? But, so this was a Thursday night, um, Thursday, cold Thursday night in Schenectady. Me and my buddy go to this fraternity dinner every Thursday night. Um, I'm, you know, do I, let me pause for a second. I want to think about this if I want to expose the frat. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. They're serving underage drinks illegally under the table and drugging people with them. They're doing all kinds of fucked up shit, like selling selling bath salts to people under the guise that it's Molly and then laughing about it to people. I know the stories. A.D., Alpha Delta Phi Fraternity and Union College. So let's go. We go to the Alpha Delta Phi dinner. We bring girls because that's the only way you can fucking get in. They got to keep the count up, you know? So you go in, and what they do is they they serve you drinks. You don't bring drinks, they serve you. They've got, like, a bar set up, and they make, like, mixed drinks, like whiskey gingers and shit. Every time I'd go, I'd get a whiskey ginger. I'd have, like, four of those every time I'd go. But since I was trying to take it easy, and I didn't... Like, I didn't want to end up in a situation, like, where I almost died. I I just ordered one. I had one, and I sipped on it for a little bit. And, and the night was going well. But, um, so, so we're hanging out. And I finished my drink. And maybe a half an hour later, I feel, like, weird. Like, really, um, everything's spinning and getting, like, colorful. And it's not like a high or drunk feeling. Like, it's nothing I've ever experienced before. And I start feeling like weak. Really weak. To the, to the point where I'm having trouble walking. And I use the last spurt of my energy to like sprint into the bathroom of the, of like Alpha Delta Phi's bathroom and just like collapse and fall unconscious face down on the bathroom floor. And I was out for a while. Like, a while. And, you know, from my friend's perspective, I left for a while. He didn't know where I was. He went to find me, and I was, like, out in the bathroom. Here's my perspective. So I was out cold, but then I remember there were a few frat brothers standing over me, I can't really remember who they were, but then I was, I passed back out. And then when I woke up, um, my pants were down and my asshole hurt and there was something in there. Yes, I was date raped at the fraternity. And that shit fucking makes me so angry and I got out of there I didn't really know what was going on I was like 
fucked up beyond belief, confused, just woozy, in pain. I couldn't walk. Like, I literally couldn't walk. Anytime I tried to get up, my legs just buckled and turned to jelly. And, like, some of the frat bros were, like, making fun of me. They were like, oh, you should leave. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're too fucked up. And I'm like, well, I only had one drink. I only had one whiskey ginger. That doesn't happen. I, I'm used to having four or five. And that makes me just, like, a little drunk, but not like this. And it all finally added up to me recently because it was like, okay, so I got roofied. Then why did my asshole hurt? And why were my pants down? Okay, exactly. Boom. You put it all together. You're like, holy fucking shit. Those three guys were over me. Something happened. Holy fucking shit. So... And I'm, I'm not afraid to say it anymore. I'm going to figure out exactly what happened that night, even though it was years ago. Because that fucking fraternity should not be allowed to be around anymore. If that shit's happening to me, think about what they do to girls there. That was a calculated fucking move. And I think I have an idea of who it could be based on some dude that tried to, like, turn me gay one time there before. And, like, literally tried to turn me gay. How do you do that? That's impossible. You can't. Like, no. So, yeah, my my buddy carried me home. And I passed down my bed and forgot about that night for, like, years. Until I finally put it all together. And now it's fucking with me so much. I I did not think of myself as a victim. But I literally got roofied and assaulted in the bathroom. I don't even, I don't even like the word rape. It doesn't feel good. You feel like a piece of trash is what you feel like. Now I know what that fucking feels like. You feel like nothing. Somebody thought they could get to you by incapacitating you, and that's the only way they could attack you. That's fucking low. That's fucking low, even for a fraternity. So I'm going to do everything I can to get Alpha Delta Phi shut down. They shouldn't be allowed to serve liquor from open containers like that. They should not be allowed to do that. Campus safety is out here sitting outside the multicultural house because those are the only black people that they're trying to, and they're trying to catch them. Meanwhile, the white kids, the rich white kids in fraternity Alpha Delta Phi are fucking raping guys and girls with drugs, putting drugs in their fucking drinks. This is my call for Union College to do something about this bullshit. Because that is not cool, and I will not shut the fuck up about this. You guys are fucked. And I want everybody to know that if you go to Alpha Delta Phi, and you're at at Union College, or you know what, wherever, because they've been guilty of doing shit in other places too. I've looked it up. Just know there's a potential for something to happen if you're not safe. And you shouldn't have to be worried about that when you go somewhere. You're literally being preyed on the second you walk in. It's been like all week just in this rage that I was talking about. Like just tensed up in my fucking office chair. Like I'm going to fucking kill them. I'm going to fucking kill them. I'm going to kill every single one of them. Fucking motherfucker. Like just pissed. Been to therapy twice this week. Took extra medication. I'm not dealing with it well. I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm not dealing with it well at all. That's why I'm bringing it here because I have to. And I know, I know it's happened before. Not just with Alpha Delta Phi, but 
There's a frat called TD Kai. They're known, literally known on campus as the rape fraternity. People joke, oh, don't go there. You don't want to go there because they're going to rape you. Like, like a joke. They're the fucking joke on campus because they do it so often. And Union College does nothing about it. They do nothing about it. They just let it happen because they keep taking money from these fucking fraternities because all they care about at the end of the day is money. They charge 65k a year plus for for tuition. And they can't even like they can't even deal with rapists on campus. They won't even address it. And if they do, it's in some half-assed way. Let's look up how they mishandled this rape case back a few years ago. Former union student claimed she was raped while incapacitated by alcohol, and the college let her assailant off. Schenectady, New York, a second woman in four months has sued Union College over an alleged rape and what she argues was the college's mishandling of an investigation into her claims and its inability to protect her from sexual harassment on campus. Student is going under the pseudonym Jane Rowe, arrived at Union College as a freshman fall 2015, alleges she was raped by a male student in her dorm room after a night of heavy drinking around January 6, 2016. I was at the school during this time. Damn. So, complaint filed by a New York City-based attorney further contends Union officials treated her unfairly as it investigated her accusations and failed to prevent her alleged assailant and other students from harassing her both while a hearing into her claims was still pending and after the college decided the male student had not violated college policy. So, here's, here's, an, here's a familiar story to me. She didn't remember the alleged rape, according to the complaint until after the encounter with her alleged assaulter three months after, and that set off an onslaught of repressed memories of the assault. The complaint called it the worst 24 hours of her life, and she experienced heartbreaking, painful flashbacks, remembering the harrowing incident in detailed flashes. So, this motherfucker assaulted her, and then him and his friends were harassing her on campus, and Union College did nothing to protect her. If anything, they worked against her. They kept the dude on campus. They protected him. Oh, listen to that. While it's not appropriate to discuss specific details of the suit, we remain confident, we remain confident that the facts will show that this case was adjudicated adjudicated in accordance with our establishment Title IX policies and procedures at that time. As in, we don't give a fuck because it's, our book says it's fine. Don't go to Union College. Don't go to Union College. And fuck the fraternities and fuck Alpha Delta Phi. And just know, if you're, if you are in that fraternity and I know you, you're going to get fucked, buddy. You're going to get fucked the way you fucked me. I'm holding all you motherfuckers responsible one way or another. You don't just get away with that, scot-free, for five years, and just think nothing's going to happen. Well, I have to deal with the fucking pain of it all now. You can literally fuck yourselves. So, like, obviously, if I did something about it, if I addressed it back then, like, nothing would have been done. They would have been like, oh, he's just some dumb, some dumb kid who is drunk at a party and doesn't remember shit right. That would be their argument. And then the, the fraternity would be fine because they, they have a charter with Union College that they can remain on fucking campus. Nothing will happen to them. So... I'm talking about it on my podcast here. Because fuck Alpha Delta Phi. They're a bunch of fucking druggy rapists. Who sell people molly, but it actually turns out to be bath salts. I know people that almost had to go to the hospital because of you guys. 
on alumni weekend. So good job on that one, guys. You fucking losers. Do not go to an Alpha Delta Phi party. And I'm going to do everything I can to get rid of them. And that, like, that totally explains why they treated me like absolute shit after that. They had to. Like, I don't know what else to say about it. Like, I was completely incapacitated. And just that on its own really fucked me up for a while. Because, like, I knew something happened. I think, like, I just didn't want to accept that that happened. Because nobody wants to deal with that. Like, nobody wants to think, oh, I was... I was raped. Like, what do you do with that? Especially now. What do you do with that? Like, there's, there's nothing to do at this point. I just have to fucking deal with it. And, I mean, I guess I'm another fucking statistic, so I have a lot of people to relate to. This shit needs to stop. Fraternities? I don't care how great you think they are, if you're a part of them, whatever. They need to be shut down. There's a lot more harm being done than good. The only reason you guys do so much charity work is because you rape people on the weekends. And Thursday nights. It's a load of bullshit. And those are the people that are going to grow up and be like in power. A lot of a lot of government people are part of secret societies and fraternities and all that stuff. It's not fair, man. It's not fair. And nothing's being done about it. So, I guess all I can say is like, if anyone wants to talk about any experiences that they've had like this, I'm here to listen. I I want to. Um, I want to help. I think we can help each other. Because I definitely need that right now. Like, I need to hear from somebody else that gets it. Definitely. So, um, yeah, that, that would be really great. Anyways, <laughs> that was fucking heavy, right? I, I don't know where to go from there. I, I mean, in life. But, like, I mean, on this show, like, on this episode, because that, that's, like, pretty fucking heavy. Um, we might as well help somebody with their relationship, uh, or their issues. Just because, like, we can't be the only ones with problems here. Um, let's see. My wife constantly makes a conscious effort to humiliate me during my lessons over Zoom. Um, and boring. Wife wanted an open marriage. I'm divorcing now after eight months. Um, let's see. Okay, that one you just call the police. Find explicit child stuff on your husband's phone. Alright, let's help this poor soul out. <clears throat> I think I was getting too loud there before. Um, sorry, you know, it, it's kind of a triggering thing for me. So, girlfriend, 29 female, did an unannounced sleepover uh, with her ex. Should I, 39 male, end it? Hi, my first ever Reddit post, so please go easy on me. I've been dating a fantastic woman for three months. Before I met her, I've been enjoying the life as a single man for about five years, dating quite a few women but never found anything lasting more than three to four months. In the past, I was in a nine-year-long relationship. She was single for about a year. After a four-year-long relationship, we immediately clicked and within a month we decided to be exclusive and see if it can turn into a long-term relationship. We've had a few bumps on the way. I've expressed my concerns regarding her drinking and smoking weed habits, which I believe can be a little excessive at times. 
Drink, okay, drinking I understand, but weed, let it go. I enjoy the same substances in small amounts, and we almost ended it when we found out I had dated a childhood friend of hers, which she has had little contact with the last few years. We ended up choosing each other. One thing I have not brought up with her, but certainly found worrying, is that she talks about her ex more often than I find comfortable, and some of her friends have mentioned him too. Last weekend she came over on the Friday. She had a cold sore on the lips, so we had little to no affection. She spent the night. I was going to be busy working the rest of the weekend and asked what plans she had. She was going to a neighboring city, she said. I remember her mentioning her ex living there and asked her if she was going to see him. Yes, she had promised him to join on a family dinner in memory of his brother who passed away 10 years ago, a death that he still struggles with, she says. She adds that she will not see him alone. She is clearly stressed and wants a sip of wine and smoke before getting in the car. You shouldn't drink and drive. She's clearly on edge, but I get her to not smoke. I'm not a jealous person and was okay with her seeing her ex. A couple hours later, I and her friends receive a snap of her lying on a bed smiling and laughing with clothes on, with a text saying, chilling with the lemon haze vibe. She's clearly being filmed by someone else. I was working and just thought this was very weird behavior at a family reunion. At evening time around 10 p.m., I text her and ask if she's back in town. She replies no, that she is beat and going to spend the night there. I start to get worried and don't reply. The next morning, I go to work and receive a snap of her breakfast in bed, which looks, which looks delicious. She has put on the text, winning, and has pink hearts all over the snap. This also goes out to me and her friends who know where she is. I confronted her yesterday. We talked for three hours at my place. She said the, the dinner with the family went okay, and she needed weed to elevate her mood, and her ex wanted to smoke, so they did it together. When the rest of the party left, she chose to stay for practical reasons. They then shared a bottle of whiskey. She told him that she had met me and that they were not going to sleep in the same bed. The next day, she stays with her ex until 9 p.m., allegedly because he needed a shoulder. She claims to remember everything that transpired, but fails to answer some of my more detailed questions. She says nothing happened, apologizes, and claims to fully understand and see my viewpoint. She still wants to stay in contact with her ex. Yo, fuck this girl. Sorry. She took the political approach to her conversation, taking minutes to answer, avoiding to answer my questions. She now asks me to continue our relationship and to think with my heart, not my head. What is a man supposed to do these days? I am totally gut-wrenched and feel disgusted by her actions. I live a very decent life, no drama, and certainly no lies. I want to keep it that way. In my world, this woman spells trouble, and the loving vibe we had will take a long time to get back. Should I end it? The top comment just says, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye-bye, Felicia. Dump this bitch and kick her to the fucking curb. Never talk to her again. Call her a fucking skank. Get her out of your life. Fuck that. You don't need that type of bullshit in your life. She's going to keep her ex around, number one. That's uncomfortable. She's going to go with her ex and chill with his family and be a shoulder to cry on. That's part two. Problem number fucking two right there. Problem three. She stays the night drinking and smoking weed with him while he's filming her high as fucking bed and then makes breakfast in bed for her and then she snapchats it all with fucking hearts. Big ding ding fucking ding. That is a no right there. That is a dump that bitch. Get her out of your life. Kick her to the curb. Call her a couple names while you're at it. Make her know that she's a piece of fucking shit for doing that to you. You don't need that. You don't need that. If somebody did that to me, oh. I would do all those things and fuck their friends. I don't fuck. I don't fucking play like that. I'll make your life a living hell. That's how I fucking play. Fucking unannounced sleepover where you're getting high and getting drunk with your ex-boyfriend that you were with for four years. No, fuck off. Fuck off. No, that's not fucking cool. Cut it off, man. Just cut it off. You don't need that shit in your life. I said I was going to be quieter, but no, that pisses me off. Because I've been with girls before that can't get over their ex. That, like, start talking to them again. That start getting close with them and don't tell me. It's like, fuck yourself. Literally, fuck yourself. 
you stuck up, careless, psychopathic bitch. Uh, sorry, I'm angry. I'm really angry. So literally, fuck that person. Get her, get her out of your life. Find somebody better that's not going to be hung up on their ex and sleep over with them. Fuck that. And to anyone that's in that situation, don't let yourself. Don't let yourself get cucked. I'm glad we had this conversation today. I am. But I gotta go do homework, make lunch, upload this episode, you know, the usual. But, um, you know where to find me, Alex underscore Mador on Twitter, Alex Mador on Instagram, not that I really post much there. Other than pictures of my cat. Um, I, I, yeah, so this has been the short news. Thank you guys so much. I love you and peace. It's really that time of year, and your team might finally do it. Or if you're a Rams fan, you might just want to book the trip now. This year, Super Bowl 56 is in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, February 13th. You can scour resellers to buy an overpriced ticket closer to the day, or you can lock in the Super Bowl experience of a lifetime now with our friends at On Location. True 50-yard line seats only available with On Location. An invite to celebrate on the field with the champs on location. Yes, you want to craft a perfect confetti angel like I did? Go to the game with On Location. And it's not just about gameplay. From dinner with NFL legend Marcus Allen to pregame parties featuring acoustic sets for Wyclef, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is offering the most exclusive ticket packages available. Want to know how? Visit onlocationexp.com forward slash SP56 or search Super Bowl on location. That's right. Search Super Bowl on location. Make the trip of a lifetime. It's your shot. Take it.